Welcome to Between Two Barrels, a twice-weekly podcast recorded at Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Between Two Barrels is a show that highlights legends of all shapes and sizes from across the state of Tennessee. From the queen of country Dolly Parton to the elusive Tennessee Wildman. From our head distiller to our legendary staff and products. On this show, you will learn some terms of the alcohol industry, as well as learn some awesome recipes for food and cocktails alike. Join us as we journey through the volunteer state to bring you stories of legends that involve the beautiful state of Tennessee, from country music as well as rock and roll royalty, cryptids, distillery origins, carbonated beverage beginnings, and everything in between. This show truly highlights what makes a legend a Tennessee legend. Welcome back, legends, to another episode of Between Two Barrels Podcast. I'm your host, Opie, and joined by the co-host, the manager, B-Low. B, what's up? Not a whole lot, man. I actually had a really good phone call um, before we got started today uh, about a project that has been in the works for a couple of months now. So going into the new year, uh, something to get excited about, Uh, Tennessee Legend Distillery may be bringing to you a king snake coffee roast. Oh, my two favorite things, coffee and king snake. So yeah, uh, we actually uh, have a company here in the local area that has taken a bottle of the king snake and roasted coffee beans with the king snake, and they are in currently the testing phases, making sure that it is going to hold mm-hmm. uh, the flavor and the aroma um, over a duration of time. And that's what they're in the process of doing right now is getting through that length of duration testing um, at a couple of months now, honestly. So they put a lot of thought and effort into it. Wow. But, uh, yeah, um, we should be after the first of the year. You know, everybody's trying to get through the holidays right now. Um, so once we get past the holidays, we are going to be bringing they are going to be bringing in our first sample test roast uh, to see if we want to continue on and move forward and be able to bring you. And have available for next Christmas, mm. uh, King Snake Coffee Rose. So, I like the sound of that. That sounds really good. But yeah, other than that, uh, of course, we have gone ahead and uh, adjusted some store hours right now um, in preparation, making our way toward the the actual winter downtime that we are expecting for this year here in the the Great Smoky Mountains area. Uh, tourism definitely does drop off quite considerably during the January and February months around here. Uh, we do have a couple of spots where it does pick back up. Uh, major holidays, uh, thank, or, um, Valentine's Day, yeah. Uh, yeah. stuff like that. So we will have a couple of days where that's going to pick up. And, of course, uh, in certain parts of the world, for oddly enough, the very end of February kicks off spring break. Uh, and then the entirety mm. of March and going into April will be uh, some of spring break. So um, it it rapidly approaches, and, and we're definitely geared up for it, but also looking for the opportunity to be able to just sit back, chill, and relax and collect our thoughts yes. uh, as we prepare for the 2024 season. Kind of get a a breath, take a beat, maybe do some stuff as a local because as i said in the last episode that is when the locals get out as tourist dead season here is local season that's when we get out and do things like go out to eat or do things like a show here and there actually go to dollywood stuff like that we're very limited Mm -hmm. um because dollywood closes up fairly quickly and of course the shows and stuff like that um, not as many of them are performing or in, you know, very limited versions of their shows. It's definitely a breath of fresh air, but we, like I said, we're definitely limited on what we're yeah. able to do during that time. Absolutely. But it is Absolutely. good to be able to get out and you can drive from, you know, Sevierville all the way into Gatlinburg and it not take you, you know, an hour to yeah. do so. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if, if we get some snow, we've got some beautiful mountains to look at and all that fun stuff uh temperatures are starting to drop 
finally around here. Yeah, we got down into the 20s with feels like teens last mm-hmm. night in some areas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, however, it's predicted to be a warmer Christmas than last year. Yeah, we're supposed to be in the 60s this year. That's going to be I'm telling you, man. weird. Heat Master won the, that, the battle the this year. This year. <laughs> but, but such is the life in you know East Tennessee yeah. in this in tem- more temperate climb, especially being down here in the valley. Of course, the upper elevations may wind up seeing some stuff. Heck, even last night, I mean, we had some like snow flurries mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but it yeah. didn't get, you know, any real accumulation of any kind here in the in the valley, but up on the mountaintop. The higher elevation you live around here, of course, the more likely you are to and to have yeah, that winter And, of course, if you're coming to this area, Ober has uh, started making the snow for yes. their tubing and skiing and snowboarding and stuff like that. So but that doesn't really matter anymore. You can no. do the indoor tubing yeah, year-round in Pigeon Forge. Absolutely you can. On Teaster Lane. We might have to indoor. see about getting some sort of collaboration with them in terms Agreed. of getting some I'd sort like of try it. Uh, uh, passes. I'd like to try it. I haven't been snow tubing since I was a uh, lord freshman in high school, sophomore in high school with my youth group at the time. It's I'd been years since I have went winter funning, snowboarding, skiing, tubing, anything like that. Yeah, the things that that drop off as you get older yes. or or during certain sections of your life. You know, the craziest thing happened last night. I actually woke up uh from a dream and saw an image at the foot of my bed and it scared the living daylights out of me it was the ghost of Gloria Gaynor and I gotta tell you at first I was afraid Jesus and I was petrified (laughs) thinking how I could never leave you by my side but yeah 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 so what are we getting into today I thought everybody would enjoy this one. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite things for this time of year is, of course, the music. Mm. Um, so many memorable songs, and there's not a lot of songs. I mean, well, yes, there are a lot of songs that do focus on this time of year, but there are a lot of repeats, just different people are putting their individual spins on them. Mm-hmm. And, of course, talking about Christmas songs, Christmas music. But where did all of that come from so good question so i thought let's look into christmas carols and at first i thought i was going to present this in a situation or present this in a way where i was like we're going to talk about carols (laughs) not 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 uh uh burnett not not channing and and definitely not that bitch carol baskin (laughs) uh in any capacity but yeah, uh, talking about Christmas carols. So uh, Christmas carols. as as we usually do, go through mm-hmm. uh, first thing. Go on to Wikipedia, uh, <laughs> one of the preferred sources of information mm-hmm. um, for this show, and just look and see what information is available, and start going into different searches and trying to devise our thought process, or you know, see where. Where the legend of Christmas carols came to be or came came from, um, and in this, uh, I also wanted to ask you because uh, you've definitely been more into performing arts, especially getting uh, yes. into uh, um, like theater choir mm-hmm. and stuff like that than I have. Yeah. So, as far as actually caroling, what kind of of memories do you have? You know, it's odd. Um, yeah, I talk about Morristown, like where I was born and raised, like it was, it's this small town. It was a small town when I was, you know, raised there, but you didn't see a lot of like what you see in the movies of like people just getting together, going down into a subdivision and caroling and, or going down a street. You didn't see a lot of it. What you saw was in the aspect of where I grew up was you would see like youth groups or youth choirs going to like nursing homes. Yeah. To carol. Or nonprofits or like the central service building. Like when they're they're doing their Christmas pickup, they might have carolers for the people. It it became more of a form of social service. 
Yes, it has. It, it or was community a, service, public yeah, service. Exactly. Yeah. It was more of a community service thing as opposed to like what you see in the movies, like Christmas with the Cranks. You know, they go caroling. People in the Victorian era yeah. garb. Yeah, going it's just through. not yeah. done that way much anymore. It's more of a social service that people do with their churches or their outreach groups or um, fundraising stuff like that. Uh, going to nursing homes. Uh, with little bags and candy canes and going to the different rooms and caroling throughout the halls. I did do that with my youth group once or twice, but oddly enough, um, not through the theater world uh, in community theater, no matter who I was with, I never really saw like that as an opportunity. Like it was just because that time of year we're doing Christmas shows, we've got, we're wrapping up our season. Doing a Christmas show. A Christmas show, yeah. So, like, there was never really, but, um, but like I said, it's, it's, it's not something, it's kind of outdated. Yeah. How it started, what it became, to where we are now, it's very outdated. Instead of small groups of people going around individually performing for even smaller Mm -hmm. groups of people Mm -hmm. door to door. Um, it's been become a situation to where the carolers have become the central focal point and people are brought to them via like a, a church cantata or, yeah. or show in that aspect. Or like you said, um, through the church or, you know, uh, some other form of community outreach, mm-hmm. a group of people collectively will go around to, like you said, nursing homes yeah. or hospitals. Now what uh, you see anything like more... That, is people going to locations to see things like Christmas plays, living Christmas trees, yeah, things like that, as opposed to people going to neighborhoods and caroling. You now have people like this night, this night, and this night come to Hillcrest Baptist Church for a living Christmas tree. Right. You know, on the second, third, and fourth. I know. guess I guess the situation with the the mass increase of just the world population, mm-hmm. it's just made it more practical yeah to to bring all these people together collectively in a spot and then almost i guess like being at dollywood or Mm. or a theme park in that sense where you have uh paid characters who go around in groups of four to eight yep and sing around the park and people are able to experience what it would have been like in yesteryear in that sense as opposed to you know people now going like you said like you saw in christmas with the cranks to where they just yeah they just went around around. from you know home to home yeah dressed in old garb kind of uh uh, not really ancient garb but you know that old european shakespearean style right the victorian era victorian garb um but i definitely think it's a thing that like uh (laughs) i'm gonna create my own app now called uh it's gonna mix uber eats or doordash with right. christmas caroling at christmas time okay so they not only bring you your food but like one person doesn't bring you your food and like leave it on your doorstep or knock on the door and give it to you it comes with a group of people they sing you a few christmas carols and then say here's your food <laughs> so <laughs> at chris just at christmas time yeah between yeah. Thanksgiving yeah, and between and Thanksgiving and New Year. New Year's Eve. Anytime yeah. you order through my app, you don't just get your food; you get a carol along with it. Are you going to put in the options of them being able to select the songs yes. that they want to to be performed for, for them? Right, <laughs> for an <laughs> upcharge. Uh, and if you don't just want one person singing, you have to. I would like a, 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 a an eight person SATB arrangement of Good King Winston Claus. And I would like Taco Bell. Well, that's going to be like $35, $40, man. Right. But tis the season, so yeah. you know they're going to pay for it. Yeah. That is an awesome <laughs> thought, though. <laughs> oh, goodness. The Anyone listening to this. Call you it could, Carol Eats. You could probably, <laughs> you could probably get uh, some some really good, yeah. really good tips yeah. if you were to show up to someone's house doing a, a, a DoorDash or an Uber Eats delivery. <laughs> Uh, and as soon as Especially they open if the it's door, all spoofed on your food, like start. here's your food, here's your food. It's really warm and nice. <laughs> Just in this red bag. Uh, you know, some person will be like, "Get off my lawn!" Right. Please. 
Please leave. Give me leave the Taco no. Bell and go I'll, away. I'll pay you to not sing. <laughs> but as I was looking through some of this stuff, uh, one of the first things that we, uh, of course, like to try to do is to, with something like this, is to define it or see what it yeah. is defined as. And in this case, a Christmas carol is a carol or a a song or hymn on the theme of Christmas, traditionally sung at Christmas itself or during the surrounding Christmas holiday season. The term Noel has sometimes been used, especially for carols of French origin, and Christmas carols may be regarded as a subset of the broader category of Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the majority of time what is listed as Christmas carols are the, the really... The ones that we grew up learning mm-hmm. before you started getting, you know, and some of the ones that are that are recorded by anyone and everyone just to put their unique yeah. spin on it. Things like uh, Jingle Bells, uh, Good King Wenceslas. Yes. Um, well, of course, not everybody will do all four Huey verses or whatever. Wassling. Yeah, uh, and that's something where actually that I was reading through as far as wassling. Oh, wassling itself. I we'll get into it here in just because a minute because it's there's there's more to wassling nowadays. There's a difference. Nobody Christmas carols. Uh, all I want for Christmas is you. No, you're not going to have someone uh, knock, 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 or ding, dong, and then... Hit some crazy whistle tone. Right. <laughs> and then go into Mariah Carey. Right. You don't see that. But no, what, you're I getting... I think that's what killed Christmas caroling. Is... Mariah Carey? These, yes. <laughs> is Mariah Carey. <laughs> um, is these celebrities and these artists creating their own songs? Right. As opposed to doing what we already know they're creating like you know now you've got kelly clarkson and you've got bb rexa with a christmas song that came out a few years ago i'm not entirely like upset with underneath the tree but i mean there are some Mm -hmm. that i definitely agree are not but they're not songs you would carol right so now no you're not going yes and 100 have created their own christmas music as a full genre now to where there's a massive library of songs that we didn't grow up with. Right. They're all new. Um, so, yes, carols, slowly, Mariah Carey did kill Christmas caroling. Carols are something that that I think are best served as something that can have multiple part harmonies simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that's something, one of the, at least for me, is one of the defining traits of making a good carol. Um, or something that can be... Uh, what's the terminology where um, in music where someone starts the verse and then once like they a, get a, get a to cannon. a certain point and then someone else comes in yeah and like then, row 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 your boat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, th- there's the capability of doing that mm-hmm. or of course that you can do pull a straight no chaser and be able to combine you know several different ones from several ethnic backgrounds mm-hmm. uh and then of course wind up throwing an 80s pop hit into the mix as well about werewolves yes uh that's something we'll have to say for another episode yeah. in my uh uh expanded theory not my theory but one that i definitely support in that uh um toto's africa is about a werewolf mm-hmm. but looking back into the history of christmas carols the first known Christmas hymns may be traced to the 4th century Rome. Whoa. Latin hymns such as Veni Redemptor Gentium, written by Ambrose, Archbishop of Milan, were austere statements of the theological doctrine of the <laughs> Incarnation in opposition to Arianism. Corde Natus Ex Parentis, of the Father's Heart Begotten by the Spanish poet Prudentius is still sung in some churches today. So something that started off as a Christmas hymn or carol in this sense, starting in 4th century Rome, is now or is still sung in some Spanish okay. churches today. Wow. See, um, I would have told you, if you'd have asked me... I would have said that this is probably one of our younger traditions. But to know that it goes back to, like, Rome. 
so the like I never would have told you that. I said, ah, oh, yeah, it probably started back in the, the Queen days. And yeah, stuff. the act of singing songs, stories, mm-hmm. um, hymns, and of course carols mm-hmm. in this instance of the time far predates any sort of wow. decorating or uh, um, it's actually what we learned to as far as the gift giving in terms of Christmas or the holiday season yes wow. singing far predates any of the other traditions okay. now in the 9th and 10th centuries the Christmas sequence or prose was introduced in northern European monasteries developing under Bernard of Clairvaux into a sequence of rhymed stanzas and in the 12th century, the Parisian monk Adam of St. Victor began to derive music from popular songs, introducing something closer to the traditional Christmas carol. <coughs> so even in the 9th and 10th centuries, it was a situation to where they started doing the the rhymed stanzas. So, of course, going back to jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Yeah. So you're going from, you know, like I said, those rhyme stanzas. You have the same, roughly the same number of syllables, the same number of notes, beats, and everything else in between those two. And then, of course, any other verses are going to fit that same stylized stanzas, the rhyme stanzas. So uh, in the 13th century in France... Germany and particularly Italy under the influence of Francis of Assisi, a strong tradition of popular Christmas songs in regional native languages developed. Christmas carols in English first appeared in 1426, work of John Audley, a Shropshire chaplain who lists 25 carols of Christmas probably sung by groups of wasslers who went from house to house. The songs now known specifically as carols were originally communal songs sung during celebrations like Harvest Tide as well as Christmas, and it was only later that carols began to be sung in church and to be specifically associated with Christmas. So the act or art of wassailing, because we know here we come wassailing among the leaves so green. Okay. So there's a reason for that as far as a particular verse. Do you know what wassling is? No. Do you know what wassail is? Is it a food? It, well, I mean, it contains apples or can contain apples oh. or fruit. Uh, wassail is a spiced cider or drink in and of itself. Hmm. But the act of wassailing or the tradition of wassailing falls into two distinct categories, the house-visiting wassail and the orchard-visiting wassail. The house-visiting wassail is the practice of people going door-to-door, singing and offering a drink from the wassail bowl in exchange for gifts. This practice still exists but has largely been displaced by carol singing. It started off as people going house-to-house and saying, here, drink the magic punch from this bowl. And if you like it, and you like the the song and stuff that we sing to you go along with it, you give us a gift. Maybe also a way of getting people to tithe, potentially, okay. for the church system. Yeah. Uh, here, uh, here is a, a blessed concoction. Consume it. And, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, give a... a tithing to the church okay. and and you shall be blessed for the entirety of this next year sort of thing okay um, see now if someone showed up to my door and here, started straining, drink of this. heart healed the hear the bells and then said drink from this bowl i'd get off of my i ain't drinking from your the, mystery doing bowl. carol carol of the bells no i ain't drinking da, from da, your mystery da, bowl da, 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 y'all remember da, 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 the pandemic da, 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 i ain't drinking da, 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 da. it no. I ain't drinking it whatsoever. Now, the other one, the orchard visiting wassail, refers to the ancient custom of visiting orchards in cider-producing regions of England, reciting incantations and singing to the trees to promote a good harvest for the coming year. So, basically what I just said. Yes, I said incantations. They were singing magical incantations. There was a time where you'd get hung for doing that. Yes. You'd have been called a witch. Right, right. 
But in in this aspect, it's wow. Basically, they were singing a song, uh, probably along the lines of um, "Great spirits, great beings, whatever. Please help us with bless this this bounty." Yeah, okay. they're they're praying in a sense. Okay, but to the to the maybe the early to days the of Protestant what or to worship. The, yes, so. Um, notable traditional wassailing songs include "Here We Come a Wassailing," the Gloucestershire. Blah. Let's try this a third time. Gloucestershire. God bless you. Wa- wassail and Gower Wassail. Wassailing. Wow. Early early forms of this door to door caroling. Of course, well, eventually it became the actual caroling. Technically outplayed. I mean, if I do remember in the few times that I went with my youth group to carol at like a, a a nursing home we brought cider for oh, the okay, people yeah. we made cider these warm drinks here enjoy this while we sing cider for you. while we sing for you yeah. so it's stuck around it's just evolved right as as everything really does yes honestly yes um many carols which have gained popularity were Printed in Plie Cantillons, a collection of late medieval Latin mm-hmm. songs, which first published in eight, or 1582. Now, early Latin forms of carols, such as Christ was born on Christmas Day, Good Christian Men, Rejoice, and Good King Wenceslas, can be found in this book. Ades Fidelis, or O Come All You Faithful, appears in its current form in the mid-18th century, Although the words may have originated as early as the 13th century, the origin, of course, is in dispute. So, O come, all ye uh, faithful, yeah. good, good, joyful, good Christian and rejoice. Da, 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 yeah. Da, yeah. And, of course, Good King Wenceslas uh, saw an episode of the Big Bang Theory last night where (laughs) the guys were playing Dungeons and Dragons as opposed to going on dates with their significance. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the the tricks or puzzles that had to be figured out was on this particular chest was inscribed something. And Sheldon, of course, being the brainiac that he is, figured out that he needed to sing Good King Wenceslas uh, to be able to keep the walls of this room from closing in on him. Um, and in true Sheldon form, he couldn't just be done with singing uh, through uh, coming in and gathering fuel of the first verse. No, he had to do the entirety of the song. Because w- Sheldon would know what the, the entire, entire song. Sel- yeah, four verses long, but each verse is massively long. It's it's a very long song, and I wonder if this is the one that people, that original carolers would put as like, not their final song, but this would be like the we're gonna wrap up on this one, or we're gonna have this one, and then we're gonna do a reprise of whatever we opened up with, just a small to close out our little, you know, yeah. stop at your place, uh, and then maybe come back out for, you know, a, a, an encore performance, and then maybe they would sing, you know, Mariah Carey's All I Want for <laughs> Christmas is You or or uh, uh, Kelly Clarkson's Underneath the Tree um, to, to spice it up a little from the traditional Christmas carol. <laughs> Could you imagine? Christ was born on Christmas Day. And then... Thank you, folks. We definitely appreciate you allowing us to come into your homes for just a few minutes on this day. But before we get out of here, presents. Where is <laughs> your be? Start shouting. Underneath the tree. Moving on, carols gained in popularity after the Reformation in the countries where Protestant churches gained prominence as well-known reformers like Martin Luther authored carols and encouraged their use in worship. This is a consequence of the fact that the Lutheran Reformation warmly welcomed music, mm-hmm. making the years that Puritan ban on Christmas was in place in England. Semi-clandestine religious services marking Christ's birth continued to be held, and people sang carols in secret. So at one point in time in this world's history, mm-hmm. it was actually banned to sing Christmas songs. Or Christmas carols or hymns in, in their capacity. Yeah. Wow. Maybe it's because they went through a string of bad singers. 
It's a good possibility. But yeah, talking about the Puritan ban on Christmas being placed in England, that you had to have clandestine worship units. Wow. That that they were like, you know what? We're going to sing our hearts out about about Christmas and Christmas time. The publication of Christmas music books in the 19th century helped to widen the popular appeal of carols such as God God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, The First Noel, I Saw Three Ships, and Hark the Herald Angels Sing appear in English antiquarian William Sandy's 1833 collection, Christmas Carols, Ancient and Modern. I had no idea that those go all the way back into the 1800s. Yeah. I have this just weird misconception about these that these things didn't happen until sometime in the 1900s, what would be yeah. the 20th century. Yeah. I, I, we're going back into the 19th and 18th centuries and even further back for a Some lot of these, songs of these things. Some have been around for hundreds of years. Composers such as Arthur Sullivan helped to repopularize the carol and it, and it is this period that gave rise to such favorites as Good King Wenceslas and It Came Upon the Midnight Clear, a New England carol written by Edmund H. Sears and Richard S. Willis. The publication in 1871 of Christmas Carols New and Old by Henry Ramsden Bromley and Sir John Stainer was a significant contribution to a revival of carols in Victorian Britain, which is probably why we see at least in in movie form or in cinematic form, you wind up seeing the Victorian era Christmas carolers, regardless of what time of year it is, or uh, when it is in in terms of of the linear timeline, in our timeline. In our timeline. As it were. In 1916, Charles Lewis Hutchins published Carol's Old and Carol's New, a scholarly collection which suffered from a short print run and is consequently rarely available today. Now, the Oxford Book of Carols, first published in 1928 by Oxford University Press, was a notably successful collection edited by the British composers Martin Shaw and Ralph Vaughan Williams, along with clergyman and author Percy Dearmer. It became widely used source of carols in among choirs and church congregations in Britain and remains in print today. So... In 1928 is basically whenever the the book <laughs> on the subject, as it were, um, was pretty much finalized, it seems like. Um, there really hasn't been any other Christmas carols, as it were. There's plenty of Christmas songs, mm-hmm. but there's not been anything else that has been written as a true Christmas carol since the early 20th century. Wow. I actually had relatives that were alive at the point in time that that the definitive book on Christmas carols would have been published. Something they've been working on for thousands of years. Yeah, at this point. Hundreds at least. Yes. Wow. Insane to think about it. Um, the singing of carols was further popularized in the 20th century when... OUP, uh, the Oxford University Press, uh, published one of the most popular carol books in the English-speaking world, Carols for Choirs, first published in 1961 and edited by David Wilcox and Reginald Jacques. The best-selling series has since expanded to a five-volume set. Along with editor John Rudder, the compilers included many arrangements of carols derived from sources such as P.A. Cantionis, as well as pieces by modern composers such as William Walton, Benjamin Britten, Richard Rodney, Bennett, William Matthias, and John Rudder. John Rudder. Rudder, not Ritter. Oh, I know. John Rudder wrote uh, The Lord Bless You and Keep You, a song that in high school the East High and West High Choirs did every single year. And the way that they that we would produce it is at our spring concert um all the seniors would be sat in one place and the underclassmen would sing it to them as like a farewell oh yeah 
Born on 24th of September 1945 in London, the son of an industrial chemist and his wife, Rudder grew up living over the Globe Pub on London's Marylebone Road. He was educated at Highgate School, where fellow pupils included John Tavener, Howard Shelley, Brian Chappelle, and Nicholas Snowman. As a choirster there, Rudder took part in the first 1860 or 1963 recording of Britain's War Requiem under the composer's baton. He thence read music at Clare College, Cambridge, where he was a member of the choir. Whilst an undergraduate, he had first his first compositions published, including the Shepherd's Pipe Carol, and he served as director of music at Clare College from 1975 to 1979 and led the choir to international prominence. The world premiere of Rudder's Requiem in 1985 and of his authoritative edition of Fauré's Requiem took place with the Fox Valley Festival Chorus in Illinois in 2002. His setting of Psalm 150, commissioned for the Queen's Golden Jubilee, was performed at the Jubilee Thanksgiving service in St. Paul's Cathedral, London. Similarly, he was commissioned to write a new anthem, This is the Day, for the wedding of Prince William and Catherine Middleton in 2011, performed at Westminster Abbey during the service. Wow. Looking to satisfy your sweet tooth while visiting the Smoky Mountains? Check out Adina's Sweet Shop, a treasure cottage of baked goods nestled in the heart of the Smokies in Gatlinburg. They create the most delectable homemade cupcakes, chocolates, pastries, pies, and so much more, including over 20 flavors of the best ice cream you've ever had. And don't forget to check out their selection of boozy favorites as well. Locals and visitors alike have raved about Adina's desserts, and once you've tried them, so will you. At Adina's Sweet Shop, there is truly something for everyone. Just minutes from Dollywood or the mountains, you can find them at 170 Glades Road in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, or online at adinasweetshop.com. And tell her you heard about them from Tennessee Legend Distillery. Now, moving into today, today carols are regularly sung at Christmas or Christian religious services, and some compositions have words that are clearly not of a religious theme, but are often still referred to as carols. For example, the 16th century song, A Bone God Wat, appears to be a wassailing song which is sung during drinking or while requesting ale, but is described in the British Library's Cottonian collection as a Christmas carol. As recently as 1865, Christmas-related lyrics were adopted for the traditional English folk song Greensleeves, becoming the internationally popular Christmas carol, What Child Is This? Greensleeves. I do know that. Little research has been conducted on carol singing, but one of the few sociological studies of caroling in the early 21st century in Finland determined that the sources of songs are often misunderstood and that it is simplistic to suggest caroling is mostly related to Christian beliefs, for it also reinforces preservation of diverse national customs and local family traditions. So, huh, making it seem like that although a majority of people think now because of how it has transcribed or how things have gone mm-hmm. that the act of caroling is simply a religious thing because that's what it basically boiled down to for a, a, a period of time is the fact that it was really like you said only the church groups or whatever yeah. your youth groups whatever were going to uh, shut-ins or to uh, nursing homes, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, to be able to perform for these people, so that just started to be believed that this was the only people that were doing or the only way that you could do this. Apart from that, I mean, there was some, you know, either international customs or uh, some independent family traditions to where people yeah. would do it on their own, but yeah. were likely still going to a nursing home yeah. or shut-ins or something along those lines, but not necessarily on behalf of the church. They were just doing it on their own. Uh, a modern form of the practice of caroling can be seen in Dial a Carol, 
an annual tradition held by students at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, wherein potential audiences call the singers to request a performance over a phone call. So could you imagine just a bunch of people sitting there and the phone rings and, hey, we want to hear this carol. So that could kind of be almost like your the idea with the no. the eats you just have yeah. someone sitting there in a in a base location all right guys we're on <laughs> but whenever they're not doing anything everybody's just like flipping through magazines yeah. scrolling, through their, scrolling through their phones uh any of the smokers are sitting there with their vapes or whatever the case may be and it's like all right guys we're on and then everybody kind of like jumps up gathers around the phone and they put it on speaker all right here we go so some other I don't want to necessarily say uses, but some other just thought processes or other thoughts just in general um, going into carolings. It is not clear whether the word carol derives from the French word carole or the Latin carula, meaning a circular dance. Yeah, because we would call it a corral. Yeah. In America. Especially like in the old southern, a corral was a dance. Yeah. Tradition. Maybe it, maybe it started as a dance. Possibility, uh, a song and dance. Musical theater. Yeah. Boom. Traditionally, carols have often been based on medieval chord patterns, and it is this that gives them their uniquely characteristic musical sound. Some carols, like Personae Hodi and Good King Wenceslas and The Holly and the Ivy, can be traced directly back to the Middle Ages and are among the oldest musical compositions still regularly sung. Compositions continue to be written that become popular carols. For example, many of the carols written by Alfred Burf are sung regularly in both sacred and secular settings and are among the better-known modern Christmas carols. And, of course, we talked about the majority of it now being uh, church and liturgical use. Mm -hmm. But almost all the well-known carols were not sung in church until the second half of the 19th century. Uh, And as cited in hymns and ancient our hymns, Ancient and Modern, 1861-1874, uh, included several carols. Isaac Watts, the father of English hymnody, composed Joy to the World, which has become a popular Christmas carol, even though it is widely believed that Watts did not write it to be sung only at Christmas. Yeah, it sounds like the discussion you were talking about earlier, like an ancient Rome and all that, and then like wassling and all that, is it was more than just the Christmas season. Yes. You could carol at Halloween, at, at Easter, at any time of year. It, you were trying to tell a story. It was a form of of uh, um, spreading the gospel, as okay. it were. Because, you know, knock, 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 hi. We'd like to talk to you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Or, ding, ding, mm-hmm. ding, here we come, wassailing yeah. among the leaves so green. People are more apt yeah. to keep their door open if you're singing. As opposed to like, I'd like to talk to you about... Nope. Yep. And they shut nope. their door. Charles Wesley wrote text for at least three Christmas carols, of which the best known was originally entitled Hark, How All the Welkin Rings, later edited to Hark, The Herald Angels Sing, and then a tune from a cantata, Fest, Festgesang, by Felix Mendelssohn, in 1840 was adapted by William H. Cummings to fit Wesley's words. The first combination first appeared in Hymns Ancient and Modern in 1861. And one of the other best-known Christmas songs or carols, Silent Night, comes from Austria. The carol was first performed by the Nikoloskre in Orbendorf mm-hmm. on 24th of December in 1818. Moore had composed the words much earlier in 1816, but on Christmas Eve brought them to the Gruber and asked him to compose a melody and guitar accompaniment for the church service. The first English translation translation was in 1871, where it was published in a Methodist hymnal. In French, it's called Santa Nuit. Santa Nuit. Also a fun fact. Isla. I'm sure you're about to talk about it. What's that? 1914, this was the Christmas carol that was actually started a truce. Yes. Christmas Eve during World War One. That's 1914, uh, t- right? Uh, Axis and Allies, yeah. Axis and Allies, yeah. yeah. They There's a whole movie about it. I saw the movie, and that's where I learned about it. But, like, on Christmas Eve, 
the Carol Silent Night caused them all to meet and yeah, they actually s- just stopped. S- stopped everything. Yeah. Mm. Music can bring us all together. It can. It really can. Some other early examples. Uh, antiquarians in the 19th century rediscovered early carols in museums. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica. Haven't <laughs> heard that in quite a while. <laughs> About 500 have been found. Some are wassling songs, some are religious songs in English, some are in Latin, and some are macaronic. Oh. I haven't heard that terminology before, uh, which is a mixture of English and Latin. Since most people did not understand Latin, the implication is that these songs were composed for church choirsters, or perhaps that's the second time that I've seen this word going through this, choirsters. It's like mobsters or teamsters. They're choirsters. (laughs) <laughs> you sing in the wrong note, they're coming after you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or perhaps an educated audience at the royal courts. The most famous survival of these early macaronic carols is the boar's head. The tradition of singing carols outside of church services early in the 19th century is best illustrated by Thomas Hardy's novel Under the Greenwood Tree in 1872. In England and other countries, such as Poland, Romania, and Bulgaria, there's a tradition of Christmas caroling, earlier known, of course, like we said before, as wassling, in which groups of singers travel from house to house singing carols at each, for which they are often rewarded with gifts, money, mince pies, or a glass of an appropriate beverage. Money collected in this way is now normally given to charity. Now, singing carols in church was instituted on Christmas Eve, 1880, in Turo Cathedral, Cornwall, and now you've seen in churches, of course, all over the world. The songs that were chosen for singing in church omitted the wassailing carols, and the words hymn and carol were used almost interchangeably. Shortly before, in 1878, the Salvation Army under Charles Fry instituted the idea of playing carols at Christmas using a brass band. Carols can be sung by individual singers, but are also often sung by larger groups, including professionally trained choirs. Most churches have special services at which carols are sung, generally combined with readings from Scripture about the birth of Christ, and this is often based on the famous Festival of Nine Lessons and Carols at King's College, Cambridge. Thought it was going to be going into King's Cross Station there for just a second. In the 1680s and 1690s, two French composers incorporated carols into their works. Louise Claude Daquin wrote Twelve Noels for organ, and Marc Antoine Carpenter wrote a few instrumental versions of Noels. And of course, we learned earlier Noels and carols being the same, just mm-hmm. the French version, of course. Plus one major choral work, Messe de Menu pour Noël, and Johann Sebastian Bach included Christmas carols in his cantatas for Christmas Tide, including his Christmas Oratorio, and Peter Cornelius included carol melodies in the accompaniment of his song cycle Weinkhansen's Weinachslider. There, just the German is is tripping me up today, man. Uh, German and French is just tripping me up left and right today. Some other star singers in Austria, Belgium, and Germany. Epiphany, the last feast of Christmas season, is marked by star singers. Children dressing as the three kings carrying a star on a pole, going from house to house from New Year's Day to January 6th. The children sing religious songs and collect money for charity, and they are often rewarded with extra sweets or money. So the term star singers, um, basically they were mixing the nativity with mm-hmm. caroling and going around caroling as the wise men as opposed to the Victorian era clad carolers. Some different uh, takes from different countries in Australia, South Africa, and New Zealand where it is the middle of summer at Christmas. There's a tradition of carols by candlelight concerts held outdoors at night in cities and towns across the country during the weeks leading up to Christmas. First held in Melbourne, Carols by Candlelight is held each Christmas Eve in the capital cities and many smaller cities and towns Australia. 
Performers and the concerts include opera singers, musical theater performers, and popular music singers. And people in the audience hold lit candles and join in singing some of the carols in accompaniment with the celebrities. Several events are now held, held all over Australia, usually arranged by churches, municipal councils, or other community groups. And they are normally held on Christmas Eve or the Sunday or weekend before Christmas. And a similar recent trend in South Africa and New Zealand are for smaller towns to host their own carols by candlelight concerts. In Canada, the Huron Carol, or Twas in the Moon of Wintertime, is a Canadian Christmas hymn, which is also Canada's oldest Christmas song, written probably in 1642 by Jean de Brebeuf, a Jesuit missionary at St. Marie among the Hurons in Canada. In Finland, in accordance with a medieval tradition, the Christmas peace is declared every year on Christmas Eve in Porvu, Finland, with the local band and male choir performing Christmas carols. In France, in 1535, a 16th century carol, Ca Bergère's Assemblance New, was sung aboard Jacques, uh, Jacques Cartier's ship on Christmas Day. In 1554, a collection of French carols, La Grande Bible, Grand Bible de Noëls, was printed in Orleans. In 1703, another collection, Chante de Noëls, Ancients et Modern, uh, uh, Carols Old and New, mm -hmm. was printed by Christophe Ballard, 1641-1715 in Paris, um, among several others. Uh, some carols uh, coming out of Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Some carols familiar in English are translations of German Christmas songs, uh, pastoral songs, sometimes called uh, shepherd songs. Martin Luther wrote the carol Von Himmel Hoch der Kom. I, I am not going to continue going in with the German at this point. Just <laughs> completely be, you know, leveled by it. But I will say, going on to this, two well-known later examples are O Tannenbaum. O Tannenbaum. Uh, or, of course, as we know it, O Christmas Tree, from a German folk song arranged by Ernest Anschutz and Still Nacht, or Silent Night, uh, by the Austrians Franz Xaver Gruber and Joseph Mohr. The carol most familiar in German besides those two is probably the 19th century O du Fronlich. Some others uh, going into Greece and Cyprus. Multiple variants, several different places. In Italy, uh, the most popular Italian Christmas carol is to Cindy Dalstel, written in 1732. Um, some from the Philippines, Poland, Romania, Spain, Portugal, uh, Andorra, and Catalan-speaking territories, the Ukraine... And, of course, in the United States, uh, Christmas music performed in the United States ranges from popular songs such as Jingle Bells to Christmas carols uh, such as Away in a Manger, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and numerous uh, others of varying genres. Uh, church and college choirs celebrate with special programs and online recordings. So <laughs> there is just so much more that can be said and that we can get into about arguably the oldest yeah. Christmas tradition in existence, and that is the Christmas just the, the singing and the well-wishing of health and prosperity for everybody, honestly. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the that we learn going later into, um, like we said, during a great war that, that music was able to stop the fighting at that point mm -hmm. in time and allow two a Christmas celebration heavily to happen. yeah heavily opposing sides to lay down arms and and join in sing a and, and eat and drink and make merry together you know another fun fact I know and I don't know when I learned this or why I know this but Jingle Bells one is was actually written about Thanksgiving not about Christmas uh, and two was the first song played in space during the 1965 Gemini mission. I did not know that. I couldn't tell you where I learned it. And I don't but know why I know it. But it's one of those it. facts I remember. But 
it's up there for a rainy day for a trivia game one day maybe right but yeah uh, it was the first song played in space jingle bells and another fun fact it was not written about christmas it was about thanksgiving but it has become a christmas staple dashing through the snow mm-hmm. one horse open the because back in the day i guess we used to get snow on thanksgiving <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it had to <laughs> be somewhere either over from. in Europe or further north of the Mason it, Dixon Road than around here. Yeah. Yeah, it's just going through the words, just, you know, yeah. trying to figure out where that connotation could be it made. It doesn't talk about Christmas once. No. It just talks about uh, maybe it was riding on a horse through the, through the snow. One of the wassling songs, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just we're, we're having fun. We're going to impart our fun yeah. to, the, to the harvest. We're just singing the song, but now... With the modernization, everything it became a Christmas song. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Um, I've really enjoyed this dive into yeah the I, the history of the Christmas I Carol. I would not have told you that it was one of our oldest traditions that we still have. Oh God, no! I thought the decoration or or one the that we're actually going to be talking about next next yeah would be one of the older traditions. And it still might and be, but I definitely did not think that caroling was as old as it is craziness insane i really don't have much else to add on this one so awesome well that legends is the legend of caroling and we learned a lot of new things i hope you learned a lot of new things if you learned any new trivia facts and you pop that information one day let them know that you heard about it on the between two barrels podcast a studio 66 a tennessee legend distillery on Highway 66. Tell them to come see us and we'll give them some more knowledge. Uh, or or just continue to tune in at Between Two Barrels Podcast and the other Studio 66 podcasts. The Cocky Top Podcast and the 30 and Dirty Podcast. So, B, with that being said, anything else, my friend? No, I mean, apart from, yeah, unfortunately it is too late to be able to get any kind of orders in off of Tee Public or mm-hmm. anything like that uh, for stickers, hats, shirts, mouse pads, mugs, mugs with our mugs, <laughs> mugs with your mugs, however you want to go about it, um, to get any of that stuff before Christmas. But, hey, you can also uh, get something to arrive after Christmas Absolutely. and tell someone it's a New Year's gift. Mm-hmm. You can make a New Year's an resolution to gift. yes, an epiphany gift as opposed to Christmas. Um, so yeah, uh, of course, like uh, Opie said, make sure that you get in there and you wind up checking out everything that we have through the Studio Sixty Six merchandise site, mm-hmm. including all the the different podcasts between Two Barrels, Cocky Top, Thirty and Nerdy, uh, and don't forget to check out, of course, our sponsors sites. Uh, Tennessee Legend Distillery, Tennessee Legend Merch uh, dot com, um, for any and all of those types of uh, gift ideas for, like I said, not only Christmas but Epiphany uh, and beyond. So, absolutely. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Stay kind to yourselves. Stay kind to others. And cheers to you, legends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Between Two Barrels. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. To do so, search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts, And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.